Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Story Podcast, WTS265. My name's Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan. How are you, Graham Merrigan? Excellent. How are you, Danny? Uh, excellent. Tired, but hungry. Uh, we When we do these podcasts, they tend to run a little bit late at times, and as a result, we don't get dinner. And by the time we're finished recording and we do the intro and outro, I do be lepping. Yeah. So uh, I am. And we recorded twice in one night. We did. It's a double whammy this week, um, which is great. It's great because we're going to have a week or two off uh, due to uh, uh, an upcoming event that myself. Go into the chapel and we're yeah. going to get married. Not me and Danny. We're not going for a civil union just yet. No, but not Danny yet. and the lovely Oksana are getting married. Exactly. Myself and yourself and marriage number two, Graham. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> you'll be my second wife. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be taking a little bit of a break around then because, uh, well, I won't be around. And also, uh, I fully intend on there being a hangover that lasts long enough that we won't want to record an episode for a little bit longer. But until then, we'll keep the episodes coming. And this week, we're joined by a familiar friend. Uh, it's been a while since he was last on the podcast. He's a comedy sensation. And you'll know him by his name, which is Adam Bork. Delighted to welcome back friend of the show, Adam Bork. The man from Bray, he was brought us to Bray Comedy Festival, Hardy Hart Comedy Club. Anyone who's gone to Bingo Loco will no doubt have had an absolute blast with Adam shouting at him. Uh, but it's great to see you again, man, even if it is on screen as opposed to in person. How are you keeping? I'm great. Yeah, it's it's great to be back. Lads, it's been about four or five years, I'd say. It's been Believe a Believe it or not. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a minute. Four or five years since we've done this podcast together. It's a joy to be back. It is great to have you back, man. It's uh, been up, Adam. What's that? What have you been up to? You moved job, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was working for 14, 14 years directly with young people um, as part of a youth project. And um, I had the opportunity to move into youth mental health services um, and to really be part of a project that built a, a local service up from the ground up because it's new to the county that I'm in. So that was yeah. quite an appealing um, move if you like now it was quite hard it was hard to move away from the, the the young people that I worked with and also the nature of the work that I was doing with young people um, into what is a much I think further reaching um, role um, so certainly has a, a a wider reach a larger audience and maybe you see less young people um, you know as frequently but the impact of the work and what we're trying to build in our area, like that was the big appeal to me. I kind of felt I had done everything I could do in the role I had assumed for so many years. And, and also um, it's just a personal kind of thing, but at some level I kind of felt like um, you outgrow as a youth worker, you outgrow um, maybe I don't know. I think you can get too old for it. I'll be shot for saying that, lads. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, because so many youth workers would disagree with that. And they would say, it's, you know, it's about your education and it's about your values and it's about your, your capacity to build relationships. And I agree with all of those things as well. But a part of me was just self-reflecting and saying, how much can I possibly have in common as a near 40-year-old man with let's say a young 14 year old boy or a girl and um, you know what they're into you know what interests them you know what they're all about you can hear what they're experiencing and their take on the world so those things will never go away 
but ultimately I just kind of felt, well, actually now, um, you know, I, I, I would feel prouder to pass the torch over to somebody a little bit younger, a little bit more connected with them, um, even in the sense of their age and bring my expertise to a different um, area that still serves and meets the needs of young people. That's a very long answer to that question, lads. But <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been asked it often. So it was, nice, <laughs> it was nice to do that reflective piece for myself. Yeah, it was, it <laughs> was a very your audience. It was a very fancy way of saying you just couldn't have kept up with TikTok any longer. You know yeah. I, mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't do TikTok, man. I don't do it. Sorry, I can't. Yeah, and that's I've why you it. left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only getting my head around Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. but no, uh, I I wouldn't be a big fan of TikTok. But look, um, God, I still pass those young people that I worked with day in day out, every day in my community. I see them yeah. every day, and I chat to them, and I stop, and I have the crack, and have the chats, and all the rest. But I just now know that my job is focused on something else. And it's a something else that serves more young people um, across the county. And I would hope across the country because it's part of that larger kind of, you know, organization with a shared value and a, a shared direction. So I'm very content, tough transition, but a very welcome transition at the right time in my life. So that's brilliant, man. Yeah, the to hear that. And it's, look, it's an area as well that I think needs a little bit more focus. You know what I mean? Like me- mental health does get, uh, you hear more about it these days, but I think youth mental health is something that we probably don't hear as much about as often as we should, you know, because yeah. it's uh, like I remember when I was a teenager, there was no such thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just didn't. So for kids now to have somebody like you and to have supports that are starting to be built up around it, great to see. It's brilliant. So congrats yeah. on that, man. Well done. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely with you. My generation, um, you know, we obviously all knew how we felt and we experienced the world in our own way and uh, experienced adversities for ourselves. But maybe we didn't name it as well. And mm-hmm. maybe we didn't uh, seek help as much as we should have. Um, but isn't it great that our generation has used that experience and that information to inform the next generation and tell them, well, do you know what? Actually, you should. You should have these conversations. You should reach out for this help. You should ask questions and share about your mental health because ultimately in the long run, that's going to serve you the best. Um, so I think we, we've learned from our experience of the world. And I think it's, it's great um, that, you know, in, in their experience of the world, they're a better place to, to ask for that little bit of help. I have to apologize from the outset, by the way. I'm here at home. And lads, it's been a few years since we've had a chat on this podcast. I don't know if you know, but I have a battalion of children. <laughs> I, have, I have too many children in my, in my yeah, place. No. I have four children now. You oh, know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so, I mean, five or so you sorted. I, I'm absolutely sorted. You know what That's I mean? That's all I'm, like I'm, you're I'm, aiming for, Adam. I, no, I'm going for the full squad. I'm going for a 52-man <laughs> squad. You're going for a Royal Rumble. I, I want to be able to cycle them. I want the, you know, the off-season, pre-season training. I want to have different options on the bench for every, for every position. And um, no, it's ridiculous. I have too many children. So you've heard a little bit of commotion in the background. That's because their mammy very kindly is removing them from this environment so we can have the chat in peace. But of course, before they do that, they have to get their 94 coats and their 20 scooters <laughs> and, you know, er- er- every other thing that they've lost, they need to find imminently so that they can go and enjoy the world for a little while while I can enjoy a conversation with you. So if you hear any background noise, I take full responsibility 
Do you know what I mean? It's I just good, had man. too many children. That's what happened. I'm sorry. It's it's all good, man. That's one of the things that's come from the last couple of years, though, isn't it? This this Zoom world that we're all living in now, where people just kind of have grown accustomed to dogs in the background, kids in the background, neighbours, all sorts of crack just kicking off in the background. You just kind of go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. No? Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I welcome it with open arms. For too long, we, we made apologies for our everyday life. Yeah. Um, and actually, do you know what? That's what should come first. Um, so we all got used to the fact that in lockdown, we're all just human beings trying to do the best that we can do at, at the point in time that we're at. Uh, we all have normal lives going on in the background, irrespective of who we are. That's what comes first. Do you know what I mean? That is what comes first. I mean, I, I think any corporate meeting can be livened up by a four-year-old catching their finger in the door. It just, <laughs> it, it adds a sense of chaos that, to be honest, I think every meeting should benefit from. Absolutely. And if you're sent back to the office, I think you should just be allowed to bring your children and your, oh, your, and your animals. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hold on. Bring the lot with you. Do you know what I mean? Show up in your pajama bottoms. Who cares? You know what I mean? Life's too short. Oh, listen, listen, man. The idea of having to put on real world clothes. I mean, I have lived in shorts for two years, for over two years. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, the, the, I've only been into the office about three times, I'd say, uh, in two years. And every day I was like, why, why is, why is below my knee got something covering it? I'm not into this at all anymore. It's just <laughs> the effort of putting on stuff that doesn't have a stretchy waistband is just not like <laughs> no. Yeah, but uh, how how things been? So now that things have reopened them all because everyone's sick to death talking about COVID and all that. So we'll move yeah. along. But in terms of stuff reopening, that allows you to pursue your other amazing professional uh, antics and make people laugh. So how how are things going in the comedy world, for you, man? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been it's been a busy few years, believe it or not, even with all your restrictions and pre-restrictions and post-restrictions. Um, look, I like the graft. I like the hustle of it. I like just getting up, performing, trying to make people laugh, trying to make people just have a good time, forget whatever's going on for them. You know, like I don't take comedy too seriously. I never got in it um, to be super serious about it. So there's been times, you know, over the years where, I've not been funny where I've been funnier than I was the, the time previous um, where I've played small rooms, I've played big rooms. Look, uh, the reason I'm saying this is comedy has been particularly kind to me at the moment, but I don't read into it too much. If I'm being honest with you, I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm really, really busy. Um, obviously, the Bingo Loco thing, um, I'm always very clear in saying um, I gig every weekend for Bingo Loco. It's not my baby. Um, it's not my, I, I'd love to say, I came up with the idea and, you know, I mean, I, I, I brought it to where it's at. And that is, it is a worldwide, it's a global phenomenon. It's William Mara like, came up with it, did he? Uh, Will Mara is one of the three, yeah, that, that, that got behind it. And, um, yeah, Stephen and Craig are with him in that as well. And, and then they've brought great people in on board with them as well um, over time. Um, look, Will was the guy that reached out to me once upon a time. And he said, look, will you come and look at this show? I've seen you in... Um, in Groove Festival in Bray, I think it was. He might have seen me hosting that at the Manor as well. And he said, I think you could be a fit. This might be a fit for you. Will you come look at the show? Now, lads, I'm sure you will remember, especially when we did our um, one of those charity gigs in the Kleine Castle Hotel. 
Um, I used to love the way you'd plug that before your podcast as well and sell the sandwiches and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> after, but, yeah, uh, after. Get the plug remember, in, man. Yeah, yeah. You'll remember, or you might remember it. Like, my dad has supported my comedy career from day one. And, you know, he would have been there at that gig and a lot of other gigs. And I remember just ringing him and saying, look, dad, I've been invited to go see this show. And I said, it sounds bizarre. And I'm not sure it's stand-up comedy. And I'm not sure I'm interested in it. And I said, but they've invited me to go and watch it. What do you think? I just enjoy hearing his perspective on things. He's not from the world of entertainment or anything like that. Mm. But he said, where is it? And I said, Vicar Street. And he goes, uh, well, they must be doing something right if they're playing Vicar Street. I was like, fair. OK, that's a fair <laughs> point. So I went along and I met Will uh, in the lobby. Will was um, wearing a fur, a fur jacket, nothing else on top, like his bare torso, fur jacket, top hat, cane. Met him for the first time. He was in full-blown bingo loco mode. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Went in. Uh, you know, there was people dressed up and kind of, they, they looked like they were, uh, I don't know, something from psychedelic 70s, kind of just mad costumes, Afro wigs. I, I couldn't place anything. I didn't know what I was experiencing. I went into the show and within the first five minutes, as they kick off this show, a 12 piece brass band walks through Vicar Street audience for no reason, for absolutely no reason. And I'm like, what? And then confetti and, and disco music. And I was just like, what is going on? And irrespective of not being able to answer that question, like, <laughs> what am I looking at? I walked out of Vicar Street to make a phone call not 10 minutes into that show and I rang my dad and I was like whatever this is I'm joining it. <laughs> like, I'm doing this I'm joining this it's chaos and uh, I joined and um, I've worked gigs as small as 30 people 30 brides uh, or sorry 30 uh, um, 30 hen hens at a you know and bridesmaids and, and a bride uh, in, in the Wellington bar right up to 14, 1,500 people um, in a, a bespoke um, marquee tent in Cork. And we're, we're literally 10 days away from the three arena in Dublin. It's... it's so does bingo just, actually happen, Adam? It does, yeah. 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 It's, so, yeah, so the way the show works is um, nine rounds, nine prizes, a holiday every show. <laughs> Um, we play bingo and um, some novelty prizes, some really fantastic prizes. But the simple uh, way of looking at it is you play bingo. But as soon as a tune drops and we have a DJ at every show, as soon as the DJ plays a tune, you put down your book, you put down your marker, you get up, you dance and you dance until the DJ uh, stops playing the music. And it's it's everything from, um, you know, 70s and 80s kind of pop or 90s pop. You know, I think mm. 90s underpins a lot of um, bingo loco shows right up to a rave round of 15 minutes of nonstop, you know, real club classics from the Ibiza, you know, era, if you like. It's just one of those things. You could explain it 100 times over in 100 different ways. And every show is different. But when you go to a bingo loco, it will never be the first and last time. You Once you go yeah. once, you're coming back. Well, I have to say, it's uh, and I, I am by no means at all affiliated with bingo loco or anything like that. But uh, my missus went and she was one of the people who got to win a holiday. She went to Croatia. Oh, wow. Off the back yeah. of bingo yeah. loco. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's she She has literally raved about it ever since. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, they're just that 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 just mental chaos and crack. It's just yeah. so how's the, big, how's the show the Tree Arena going to work in terms of is it going to be all seating or it's it's an XXL, which means it's one of our biggest shows. I've done a few XXLs across the country, um, in the Royal Theatre, in the Telegraph, in Belfast, down in Cork as well. I think I did one in Killiney. Um, but this is the biggest show we've ever done. Um, it will be all seated, but we won't use all of the tiers within the tree arena, but rather we'll use the, the, the majority of the flat we'll use because there's, there's extra space there when you fold up some of that seat. And we like to do those kind of long yeah. tables where you can sit with your friends, dance on the floor, not be worrying about toppling over drinks or, you know what I mean, spilling over yourself. Um, so, yeah, they've they've brought in um, the, the team to kind of really look at how we maximize the space. But it's going to be thousands of people in there. Um, and yeah, we with XXL, you upgrade every prize from a normal show. So if we normally give away, you know, four cans of beer as the first prize, this time you're getting a shopping trolley full of beer, like you know, <laughs> filled to the brim. Where your, where your missus went to Croatia, we're giving away a trip to Las Vegas and Disney Orlando, Florida in the, in the same Amazing, man. In the same trip. Um, yeah, so like we, we go extra, extra large on every prize. And look, the guys have just been um, really supportive, really kind, really encouraging. They've given me great platforms, great opportunities. They trust me. They've allowed me to put my stamp on my show and work with lots of really, really amazing people. Um, lots of fun weekends um, you know they, they're very kind to their staff bring them on staff holidays across Europe mystery holidays and um, they've done you know we had a fake wedding once upon a time we all got free tattoos and all sorts of stuff they, they're just they're yeah they're a, a really unique crowd to work for and, and, and you're the MC of it all is it Adam? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I call the numbers, crack the jokes, make sure that we're staying on time. I have a bop. I love dancing around. I love dropping the confetti or using the CO2 gun, interacting with the audience. So just applying what I've learned over years and years. But the reality is when you do a stand up comedy gig, you're going to be on that stage anywhere between 15 minutes and a half an hour. Let's say that's that's Mm. generally what you're doing when you do a bingo loco. It's an all night kind of thing. It's a three hour show. You just feel like you you put your heart and your soul into each show and you really connect with the audience in a different way. And for me as a performer, it's going to have a shelf life. You know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. None of us are. So I'll do this as long as it, it doesn't look odd that that bloke on the stage is, you know, dancing. You know, where, where I need a Zimmer frame or a you bloke know what with mean? the 10 kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so I'll do it as long as it's fun and I, I add value to the product and, and the audience can connect with what I'm doing. But, uh, you know, a big shout to the guys. They've quite literally made a couple of my dreams come true in terms of performance. And and um, and they've freshened up what performing is for me. I love stand up and that will always be my bread and butter as a, as a hobby. Um, but this has just kind of given me this this side project to focus on that gives me good vibes, good people to connect with good energy um, and, you know, and regular work, you know what I mean? And there's a lot to be said for that. Like when the world shut down, these boys still had me in the, the studio on a green screen twice a week, every week. And um, so that I didn't get rusty and, and they did the same for the other performers. Unreal. Um, so, yeah. So what started as a group of 40 people in Ireland is now a group of maybe 60, 70 in Ireland, double that in the UK, probably, 
um, 50 or 60 in in um, in Dubai and Australia and like well, they've just gone global and they, they deserve every little bit of success that they get because however hard I work as a performer they work twice as hard as the guys that are you know essentially running it all out you know so it's a great credit to them and they deserve every success absolutely hey. man so bingo logo XXL in the tree arena Saturday the 28th of May lads uh, tickets from the usual places I assume um, but yeah. well, well worth it if you're looking for something to do for Saturday night you won't find anything better crack trust us um, especially if you win a holiday to fucking Vegas well yeah and Orlando yeah, yeah listen yeah. do you know what I mean uh, or the yeah. shopping shopping trolley full of bills I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take, the cans. Listen, take the cans take the yeah. cans absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so the 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 Hardy Har as well, man. The Hardy Har is uh, back in business. Or well, what happened with it? So over the pandemic, because he's were upstairs in the Harbour Bar and everything else. Yeah. When pubs have had an absolute mare over two yeah. years, but now thankfully, businesses are booming for them again. Um, and you you guys are back back at it. Yeah, we're back at it. Like I mean, over the lockdowns and restrictions, we just stopped. The, there was no point in my mind in doing the online model. You know, I'm there running that club to connect. Uh, the audience to some quality comedy and to connect some comedians to some quality stage time. That's what it's about. It's a, it's a labor of love. Um, I just love the Hardy Har. I love the Harbour Bar. I love Bray. I'll promote anything about Bray or in Bray, um, except Bray Wanderers. And <laughs> 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 now that's, I'm just messing. But like, um, but I didn't see the logic in doing something that was kind of watered down. I did a few workshops for new comedians online over, lockdown to see if I could offer them any encouragement or support mm. or opportunities and um, you know so I enjoyed that um, and li- like the comedy club you know no charge to anybody it's not about making making money it's about creating kind of experiences and supporting the scene and maybe just adding a little bit of value to the comedy scene in Ireland and um, we, we know what we are and what we're not you know we're not one of the big clubs do you know what I mean um, and we're not um, we're not doing these shows that are going to cost you 30 euros to get into, you know what I mean? Uh, we, we fill a little niche and a local niche at that. Um, and we're happy doing that. So we needed to take time out. And now that things are re-emerging, my room holds comfortably 70 people, seven zero. So like if I had been doing restricted shows or whatever, you, you know, what would you be getting in there? 20, yeah. 25? What's the point? You know what I mean? Um, you know, so we're, we're back to being able to offer, you know, a, a full room and, it, look, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. You still, there's still a bit of work to be done to bring people back into the space. We've had busy gigs and less busy gigs. We need to build confidence with the audience that it's safe to go out and have a bit of fun again. But you also have to acknowledge different people are in different spaces. And I, I'm not here to make judgments on what people are comfortable doing and what they're not comfortable doing in relation to their health and public health and all that. We're yeah. running gigs. And if people want to connect with that, it's great. Uh, I love having the crack. Uh, I don't. I don't write any material from my own club. I just chat to the audience, have the bit of crack, make it all, all up as we go along, and uh, and then watch some good comedians, new and established. So yeah, like I mean, we're back, and um, we've another gig on the twenty sixth. I'm doing my solo show, um, and their previews, their work in progress shows in June and July, um, in the Hardy Har. So it'll be just myself. And some of the people who've won my competition over the years for the best new act um, in the country. Um, so I'm looking forward. I haven't uh, produced a, a one man, a, a solo show, a one hour show um, in five years, five years since I've done one. Jay, um, I had I was no going to say, like, you probably enjoy the, the ad lib stuff, you know, when you're MCing more than you actually writing a show, do you? 
I do. I do. Yeah. Like my bread and butter again as a host is just dealing with what's in front of me and having fun and chats with people. And, um, you know, and you have to be careful in this day and age. Like I, I just enjoy ripping the piss and not everybody enjoys that anymore. And, you know, people get get kind of a little bit, you know, hurt by things, maybe a bit easier than they used to be. So it's a bit, a little bit tougher, but then that's part of learning your craft and honing your craft and learning what people's cutoff points are and all. I, I used to be a very unfiltered person um, and enjoyed being that. But I suppose even when I look at my day job and when I look at where I'm at age-wise and as a father and all, uh, yeah, maybe I'm a bit more filtered than I used to be. Um, but I still just enjoy finding the crack in the moment um, and not reading into it too much. But a solo show is a different gravy. And that is, can I sit down? Can I write new material? Can I write an hour's worth of new material? Can I keep a thematic? Can people learn a little bit of uh, a little bit more about me? Can I give them an insight maybe that they didn't have before? They'd be my thought processes when I write a solo show. Not everybody's, but they'd be mine. Um, and I had no desire to write a new solo show. But then I kind of thought, well, it's been five years. I do have something I want to share with people. I do want to kind of produce new material. So I said, do you know what? The only way you do this is set yourself a goal. So I set the dates, started writing the jokes. And yeah, June and July, we'll, we'll give the jokes their first run out, see how they land. And then there'll be major rewriting between July and October. And then in October, the show will go to a couple of festivals. And that's where we'll really test the merit of the show. You know what I mean? So yeah, look, it's another... It's a, hard, it's a hard process, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be enjoyable. You know, it's a, it, it is tough. So if you're not enjoying it, there's no point in doing it, I would say. It depends on what you want to achieve. A lot of comedians go over to Edinburgh. They spend 30 days over there. They'll do hundreds of versions of their show. They'll really refine it down. They'll take it on tour. Look, I, I'm at a different point in my life. I've got kids. I've got a day job. I've got other responsibilities. And so when I write a show, I want to throw everything out as a, you know, as it comes up in my head, how I want to tell a story, how I want to land jokes. I want to throw it all out there. I want to see what people really enjoy. I want to see what their commitment is over an hour, what their feedback is over the hour. And from that, I want to take new material from the show into my club set. So I kind of do it the opposite way around. So rather than building four 15 minute sets and putting them in a one hour show, I'll do, I'll write a one hour show. I'll try and deliver the best versions of that show over a set number of, um, of performances and then learn what were the best bits that I would take forward with me. Um, and that has worked for me in the past. I've seen it work really well for me in the past. I've done one show where I wasn't really happy with it and only took really forward about anywhere between eight and 12 minutes out of a, a one hour show where I was like, yeah, I'm keeping this because I feel it's really gold, it's solid. But I'd never produce a show like an hour of content where people are leaving unhappy and feel cheated after an hour. You got to produce the goods. People are giving yeah. up their time and, you know, they're, you know, they can go to a million things over or they could just watch Netflix until they literally pass away. And um, so there's a reason <laughs> that, there's a reason they're coming out to live comedy. You got to honor that and give them something. Um, and I just think the one thing I have to my advantage is. In the worst case scenario, where my material just wouldn't land with an audience, and I've been lucky that I've never really been, 
you know, in that particular circumstance, but where if I really felt like, you know, I've lost them or it's just not landing or they went with the first, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, they're not going with this. I, I'm just, uh, I'm a seasoned, seasoned host. Hosting's what I do. So if it wasn't landing, I full faith in what I can do in the, ro- in the room, in the moment and make sure that people leave you know, after having some belly laughs. So, I, you know, I'll always lean back on that, but the real test is to write new material. You know? And do you take, uh, do you take uh, feedback well from people uh, from Greystones? <laughs> Listen, I get myself in too much trouble with Greystones. I really need to, I think I might need to actually do a little bit of therapy around the amount of times I reference people from Greystones and uh, vegans and Crocs and... Um, Crocs! Oh. Yeah, Crocs and uh, dry robes. And then obviously, look, I and this is part of my new show. I do actually at the beginning of the new show, I do reference how, you know, that Bray Greystones thing. And I had a terrible habit of like, you know, calling them Protestants, right? Which is really a statement around affluence. What we know about mm. Bray and Greystones is Greystones, you know, you punch up in comedy. And the reason Greystones is a good target is they've got more money than us as a town they've got the the best of everything look they're good people uh but they you know they do love their they do love their quinoa um you know <laughs> uh, and you know i imagine they have hedge funds and you know they look they do well so i would often make the the protestant uh you know <laughs> jibe if you like as an affluence jibe as a you know a nod to the fact that but you do forget that people are actual Protestants <laughs> and, <laughs> and feel that you have uh, some sort of, um, you know, feeling about that. And the gas part is like, you know, look, I, I know the history of the country. I know politics. I know all that kind of stuff. But uh, fundamentally, uh, and you have heard me say this on many occasions, I don't care. I'm not thinking that meta about things. Um, it's not a political statement. Um, as a person who's non-religious, it's certainly not a religious statement. It's not a statement on the history or, of the country or the fabric of the country. It's not trying to break down war- uh, b- barriers or walls, and it's not trying to create them. It's a statement on affluence, and it's actually just a Springfield-Shelbyville kind of thing. That's that's what it is. <laughs> the grass is greener over at Greystones. Um, but it's because they show the royal weddings on in their well, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Is true. There's fellows from Ballybrack who haven't got past you saying hedge fund and they're sitting there asking themselves, Why would you need money to buy a bush? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is it. Like, and yeah, look, don't bring Ballybrack into it because then I'll go the whole other side of things you know, <laughs> and, and get myself in trouble again. But I think these kind of regional little kind of it, they're not even conflicts, it's just that kind of peering over your neighbor's fence and making your little judgments. I think they're funny. Mm. And I like punching up at Greystones because ultimately, like, if if I was given a house tomorrow in Greystones, I'd live there. It's a beautiful town. It's a great place. They're great people. Um, I'm connected with a lot of their community. But in comedy, you try to punch up and you try to punch up in a way that's safe. You know, we can yeah. all change things. About, you know, you, you go for what, you know, people can change very easily about themselves. We, we, we look at how people are dressed or how they behave, what, they, what their choices are in life. Do you know what I mean? If they choose to be a vegan, um, you know, that's something that you can kind of unpack and give them a bit of stick about. And and being a full blown Protestant, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, and and you know, just just having that extra bit of affluence or having that, 
you know, let's say extra extra degree of privilege in the world and all. Mm. Look, that's something that we should be able to, you know, laugh at and and Definitely, you know, man. and not feel um, you know, too too kind of pinned down or put under the microscope about mm. the other side of it, lads, as well, is though um I I do I do reference it a bit and all, but the, the other side of it is people then get used to your shtick as well. And I don't want to be the guy that's just known for for Greystones bashing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, so yeah. So I'll always do it if there's people from Greystones in the room and it comes up naturally or whatever. Um, and and I love a happy pair joke or two. But <laughs> um, but this show in particular, it nods to that. And I think there's an ev- there's been an evolution in me as a performer. Um, and I think I nod to that in the show as well. Um, I think I kind of tell people where I'm at and why I'm there. Um, but yeah, I, but I love it though. I, I do love it. I love all that kind of neighborly banter. <laughs> I'm going to go a different direction here. Just whatever way you've turned, and I hope you don't mind me saying this. You're a fucking ringer for Ben Affleck at times there, man. Just the way oh, you've moved you your head. Stuff. No, look, genuinely, look at the head in them there. There Big we fucking, go. That's, look. I, I've been trying to convince my wife of this as well. I've said it oh, yeah. so many times. And I just spit a Ben Affleck. And, and <laughs> like Mero, she's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not like you. him, but I'll, I'll you, take man. it Listen, you could have said anybody there, any celebrity, and I still. Danny can only see a, 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 one eye, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but that eye works incredibly well, Graham. So I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying is, had Adam been strolling through Docky when Matt Damon was down there, Matt Damon definitely would have went. Ben, <laughs> no, my bad. Well, I actually think I'm a poor man's Joel Domit. And um, if you know the comedian from the UK, Joel Domit, we have the same beard, the same hair, but he's far more handsome and ripped. Um, but we, we have mutual, abs. Yeah, <laughs> we've mutual friends and we actually met each other at the launch of Vodafone Comedy Carnival at one of the launch gigs and got a little photo side by side and there are some similarities there but I've heard a few people say oh, you're a bit like uh, Joel Dama except you know Aldi version you know <laughs> yeah, I certainly, I certainly don't make the money he does out of comedy yeah I'm the spar bag he brought down to the, to the, to the seaside every day yeah you know stuff this is it man but it's uh, yeah look I mean it's it, it's been good to catch up to because as you said it's been a few years and there's been lots going on and everything else delighted to hear the comedy's going well delighted to hear your professional life's going well um, if only United could sort themselves out man yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's very interesting. You sound you know exhausted there about you know. <laughs> yeah, do you know I am? I am and I am not and that's that's because now see this is where I lose a lot of credibility as a human being when I say this, and that is look, I love football. I've always loved football. I enjoy it, but a long time ago, actually, when United were very successful at football, a long time ago. I made a very conscious decision to say to myself, I'm not letting football ruin my real life. Um, and that's being honest with you, lads. Um, anyone who trained with me as a professional wrestler will tell you, um, oh, geez, I don't remember Adam ever talking about football or going to the pub to watch the matches or whatever. I could still tell you what the United game finished um, every weekend. But wrestling was the be all and end all of my world. And I think you have X amount of time to give um, your, your mental energy to things. Um, and at the time, I was all about, I was all about my now wife, but my then girlfriend, that relationship. I was all about um, 
wrestling, pro wrestling, learning to be a wrestler, learning how to coach. And it was around that time United were doing well around then, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and I'd love to see them doing well. But when I was young, when I was a you know young teenager, like football matches would make me cry if we lost. I remember I made my confirmation on the day that United did the double and Eric Cantona put the, the ball in the, in, in the goal against Liverpool. And I remember like that was what defined my confirmation day. That was the, the most important thing that day. It wasn't the money I made. It wasn't <laughs> my newfound authority and relationship with God and the church. It wasn't any of that. <laughs> it, it was United winning, winning the double. Um, I enjoy seeing them win. Um, they've been kind to me over the years. I've been to Old Trafford. I will go back again. There's something nostalgic in supporting the club. Um, I mm. still have heroes. I still have a, a signed Brian Robson testimonial program. I still have my first jersey. I still kept my first ticket stub. But at the end of the day, lads, when I watch any kind of football now, when the game's over, the game's over. I move on about five minutes later. What I'd say about United is... That's the kids doing that to you. I think it is, yeah. I, I, you know, and yeah, do you know what? It, it probably is because, you know, the, the funny part is they are the solution. And, um, you know, you, you watch a shit game and then and then you go for a swim with your kids and you kind of realize what's important. I love the banter. I love the crack. I still hate Liverpool and um, I still hate Man City. I don't want to see them doing well, but I never understand these people who wish ill to other people's, let's say, success or their, their moment in the sun or whatever it is. Mm. I don't understand fans like that guy I saw yesterday who attacked somebody from Billy the Chair, staff. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get that. And I understand for some people it is that important. I don't get Arsenal fan TV. I don't get that level of emotion. And probably would as a child have been there. But And I'm not saying this, lads. You can, you can check in on me. <laughs> two or three seasons down the line when United come good and win their next trophy or find their next you know form or success or go through the next patch I'm being honest with you I enjoyed watching United under Solskjaer I don't care yeah. what anyone else said I, I like him I think he's a club legend and um, he had a great away record he had a great relationship with the players he obviously got a lot out of what turned out to be some very toxic personalities and he still placated them and got the best out of them I liked him. I didn't find that generation of, of um, United um, players um, to be too taxing on me. I, I much less preferred the Van Hal era of sidewards football. Um, I don't really like Jose Mourinho um, and how conservative he is in a game of football. But in, in, the, in the sphere and the realms of all the things going on in my life, United are just one part of my identity. Um, it, yeah, it's terrible that they're going through such a bad patch. But if you support a club whose worst moments are finishing sixth in the Premier League, you know what I mean? Got Ronaldo on the pitch every week, um, still scoring spectacular goals, still filling their stadium with fans who care about the club. Um, if that's the worst your club experiences, well, then you've got Greystone's privilege in your football life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was going to say, I was gonna say you, stay, you sound like the toured happy pair. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but honestly. Your that, spirituality like, I mean, there. I, I'd rather, to be honest with you, I'd rather go out and kick a football that myself yeah, yeah. and get the benefits of that. It's, it, look, it's, it's football. You know what I mean? And I'm not taking anything from anybody where yeah. football is their passion. But I'm clearly just not as passionate a football fan as other people. I love the banter. I probably enter into the banter more 
when we're on the good side of the banter. <laughs> I probably just like, I, I actually just enjoy, I, I don't believe what I say, but I enjoy winding people up. Lads, I know what I'm going to do if, if Liverpool don't win the league. And that is, I'm just going to post a picture of Boise from Only Fools and Horses laughing. That's all I'm going to post. And I know that will be enough bait for some Liverpool supporters to jump onto my social and say, you're laughing at us, uh, but look at your Joe Club and yada yada. And I know that will just spark them. And that's actually what I enjoy about the banter of football. I enjoy just kind of poking the bear yeah. and saying, boy, I'm, I suppose I'm a little bit of a troll. But, I, I, you know, not to the degree that it really... You've gone full circle here in your explanation. Yeah. All yeah. I the love of football, but... Yeah, I love, I love that banter and I love... It's the mischievousness, isn't it? Yeah, it's it is. it's, yeah. yeah, it's the devilment, isn't it? Yeah, But yeah. I, I don't actually buy into it. And if others choose to buy into it, that's their choice. But I don't really. So if somebody comes back at me and they're like, your club's shit, I'm kind of like, yeah, it is a bit shit at the moment, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I've noticed that. I've been looking at the results. Can't disagree with you there, but it does emotionally, it doesn't impact me because... Yeah. Yeah, look, life's too short for that. But again, no, no judgment on people who their heart and soul is in in hmm. support because that's their hobby. That's what they're into. I just have I have different hobbies, you know. You you, you mentioned pro wrestling there, and I think the last time we were talking to you, and we asked kind of like if you know you still follow it, whatever, and you were kind of like, I don't really get the point. I don't really, you know, you, you kind of you see the main things, but like. Yeah. Has having kids given you a chance to kind of get them into it and therefore you're getting the... Oh, no, no. I no. Look, lads, one thing, one thing I'd say to you is um, whatever my kids choose to be into, I have three girls and a boy and my boy's only a baby. Um, whatever my girls are into, they're into. Um, yeah. they, they don't need to inherit any of my interests, hobbies. Uh, they've done gymnastics. They love a bit of swimming um, and I'm loving doing that with them. And they love a bit of swimming. They're they're into their 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 dancing. They're into certain TV shows. My eldest is just Harry Potter mad. That was never in our home before her. We weren't mm-hmm. really into Harry Potter. Love it now because she loves it. And um, the wrestling thing. And um, no, look if they if they seek it out, if they find it, they um, I won't discourage them from watching. I got many 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 years of enjoyment out of wrestling. Um, I just never dipped back into it, lads, and that's because I can't look at it the way I used to before I became yeah. a wrestler. When I before I knew how wrestling works, um, you know, I, I was a fan, and that's all I was. Um, and I wasn't a mark. I didn't really know the inner the inner workings. I was proper Hulk Hogan generation. I was a Hulkamaniac, and I was, you know, I was I was into, um, you know, the the Monday Night Wars and all that kind of stuff. And I just I just bought into it as a fan. And then I became a wrestler, understood how the whole industry works, saw the evolution uh, and growth of the industry, saw it transforming into something that really I was I was sold on a way that wrestling should be. And in hindsight. You know, those years were honestly some of the best years of my life and the people I met were some of the best people of my life um, that I've ever met and. Geez, if, if you gave me the opportunity to spend time with them tomorrow, I'd bite your arm off. Great, great people. Great people. Um, but one regret I do have is I, I learned wrestling in a way at a particular time where we weren't the best people. You, you know, there mm. was a, the, the locker room culture. We weren't, you know, we weren't shitheads either. But it was a real kind of boyish kind of, you know, manly man kind of culture of, you know, I mean, you got to be tough. 
bit, bit jackassy. And we were the jackass generation as well. Mm. You know, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Yeah. Um, and even as a coach for, for every, for every three or four lads I was bringing on, there'd be one lad I'm kind of telling them, you know, you got to get tougher if you want to make, I, I don't, I treat comedy in a completely different way. And that is my learning. And you got to take that with you. But it did kind of, maybe it's the youth worker in me. Um, just when I, when I reflect back on it, it's not that I'm not proud or embarrassed of anything I did, but I just know I could do a better job if I was doing it now. I know I could be a better coach, a better, a better uh, example, a better uh, teacher. Um, I just think I could be stronger and have stronger values. But again, I'm not saying this as if like we, we didn't chop some guy's arms and legs off. And, you know, I mean, that's your initiation. We're, we're not that, you know what I mean? But I just, I, I just felt like we came through a particular time where um, the, the whole industry was a little dog eat dog, us versus you, you know what I mean? Uh, company versus company. You know, we were watching Monday Night Wars and replicating it locally in Bray versus the lads out in Dublin. <laughs> And and now they have evolved. That scene in Ireland has evolved where they all look after each other and scratch each other's backs. And they're a really close knit community. And I just dropped out before it became that because I went on to pastures new for no other reason than I hated taking bumps. I just hated it. And so it's much better than it was. But I suppose I can't really look at wrestling. Um, through those rose tinted glasses anymore i can't get back into it the way i did that's a very long way of telling you that like i've not entered back into it and i'm not encouraging my kids to enter into it because i don't encourage them to enter into anything it's up to them what they're interested in they're allowed to try everything if they express an interest in anything me and their mom will make sure they have an opportunity to try it and fall in love with whatever floats their boat um, but if they come across it, I'll, I'll tell them how their dad was once the first heavyweight champion in the country, how he fought the world's most dangerous man, how he headlined the first shows um, that, that had a champion on in the country. I'll tell them all those stories and they'll probably look at me and go, no way. You're 14 stone soaking wet. Get over yourself, <laughs> Mr. Ego over there. You know, I'll share the stories. And my brother, my brother had a habit over years. He used to buy me um, wrestling figures, like mm. classic WWE superstars. And would you believe he's buying me these when I'm 19, 20, 21. And it, he, he's into model cars and collector's items and all that. That floats his boat. Um, I'm not so much into toys and stuff like that. And um, so when he buy them, here's a, here's a mad one for you, lads. When he buy them, um, I, I never unboxed one of them. I kept them all in their boxes. And I said, someday, if I have a son um, and he's into wrestling, I'll give him all of these. And now I have a little son. And if he's into wrestling, there's about 30, 40, uh, you know, figurines in boxes from the classic WWE superstars in my mom and dad's attic. And he can oh, unbox really? them and play them or keep them or sell them or do whatever he wants. And that goes for the girls as well. I'm not gender discriminating it's just my girls are a bit older they don't seem to have an interest in wrestling and mm. um, so it's likely it'll be him but if one of them turned around and said can i have those yeah you can have those they're yours do you know what i mean so you know it is what it is it, it was a really important part of my life at a point in time in my life yeah um, i love that i love all the guys and girls that have gone on to be super successful both nationally and internationally but um 
it's just one of those weird things where you just drop out of it and then you don't really feel um, any kind of sense of connection with it as time goes by, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that is what it is, but sure. As I say, they're there's all a, like... There, there, there's a few quid in them wrestlers, man. I, uh, I recently, uh, after a long-winded argument with my significant other, won a battle where I got to put Ric Flair on top of the Christmas tree because fuck putting an angel on top of the Christmas tree. So uh, yeah, yeah. that's she wanted to put a star on top of it and I was like, no, that's boring. Let's do something different. Uh, and then I went to buy a Ric Flair uh, uh, figure or whatever and uh, there are fellas making a killing off this stuff. I can tell you that yeah. much. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like, so we're going, like, <laughs> for going on to eBay and some fella was charging 120 quid for some particular type or whatever, but uh, if you're getting 120 quid a pop per uh, now, not all of them are Ric Flair, obviously, but at the same time, yeah. I do have a Ric Flair, I do have, I, I, I know of a Ric Flair, and I think of an Undertaker as well. Look, my brother picked all these out, do you know what I mean? He mm. picked some dingers now, in fairness. And um, but yeah, like, I mean, I was a man in my 20s, I didn't play with action figures, and um, so and I was actually too busy actually wrestling people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> To be unpacking these wrestlers, but it was, it was lovely, um, lovely gesture on his behalf. A lot better than what I used to do for him because I may have told you this before, but my brother once upon a time, um, I bought bought him the Goonies. I think I told you this on a previous <laughs> podcast. I bought him the Goonies in May for his birthday. I forgot about that and bought him it again at Christmas. And he told me, "You already bought me this." So I've just bought him that every birthday and Christmas since. Because if you're going to pick me up on my present not being good enough, if you're going to be that audacious, then for the rest of your life, that's your present for the rest of your life. So he still gets the goonies. That audacious. Have you at least yeah. got him a blue <laughs> yeah, yeah, version yeah, of yeah. Like... Uh, You weren't expecting that word, right? You dropped into the conversation. <laughs> the audacity. The sheer audacity of you correcting my, my present. Um, so yeah so put it so back on your brother for your mistake I love it uh, <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, he, yeah. Did, did, like, did he have a milestone birthday where you at least upgraded the Blu-ray or that no or is it just being steady and consistent uh, yeah no it just it's hard to get the Goonies now on DVD yeah well <laughs> that's fair yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of work I think <laughs> I think in fairness to me I think for his his last birthday or Christmas I do think I I didn't get or maybe I did get the DVD as well but I got him um chunk from the goonies in one of those you know those kind of pop head kind of toys yeah, you know those yeah, figurines yeah. i got i got one of those to spice things up you know what i mean but uh <laughs> no <laughs> there's no upgrades do you know what i mean but uh yeah look it is what it is don't call me out on my present if you get a present you're already privileged so don't call me out on the present okay that's that's, that's my take on it that's Fair a voice for life man that is a voice yeah, for life yeah. uh adam it's been great catching up with you man and um yeah, the, the gigs again. So Bingo Logo, 28th of May in Tree Arena. Hardy Hard is back 26th, towards the 26th of May in the Harbour Bar and Bray. That sounds right, yeah. And yeah. then your your solo shows, you said June and July for them. And yeah, they'll also June be Harbour and July. And then I've got bunches of gigs around the country. I'll be doing a few little more solo shows. I think I'm doing Dunleary. And then All Together Now Festival, I'll thankfully be hosting that, the Comedy Tent again mm-hmm. this year at All Together Now Festival. Um, I'd love to say that I have a website and all that stuff, lads, uh, but I don't. <laughs> and I'm terrible on social media. Um, I just don't have that game in me either. But um, yeah, um, people are more than welcome to come along and support any of them. Um, and I will just say as well, with all those solo shows, until the festival solos, 
all those solos are free to come along. If it's a work in progress, it's free. And if people feel they need to make a payment, they can just pay it forward to a, a charity of their choice or whatever. And, and that's what I do with my own fees from the venues in those spaces. If I'm trying out stuff, we, we just pass the, the fee on to a charity. And um, so people are more than welcome to come along and support. Um, but yeah, that's it. Lads, I don't have much to sell. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I was only coming here for the chats. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Man. It was good to you have know, the chat. Yeah, though. the chats and the catch up. You know what I mean? That's, that's the it. best part. That's you know? it. And look, and you're leaving now knowing that somebody else has reaffirmed your ban- Ben Affleck doppelganger status. So, <laughs> well, this is it. This is yeah. absolutely it. Can I put that on the, the poster for my next solo show? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He looks like a, a Ben Affleck, is it? Wish yeah, version wish, of Ben wish, Affleck. Wish Ben Affleck. Yeah. And then I can write what's the story podcast after that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Go yeah. For it. Now, the thing is, you think I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but to see those posters and all these quotes and all this, it this all means nothing to me. Like, as I said to you already, lads, I'm riding a wave here. and It's all a Brucey bonus. There's there's <laughs> there's peaks and troughs. It's fun. It's good at the moment. But I don't care. I'm not precious about any of it. So I could put up the really, you know, nice quotes from the established festivals and clubs and from, you know, Joe.ie. They have a lovely quote about me, Joe.ie. They call me a legend. They call me a legend. Do you know what I mean? But a wish version of Ben Affleck. What's the story podcast? I'm actually going to put that on the poster. And there it is. There it is. Amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Right, well, hopefully now we'll get to go along and see you on the post in person and see you in person uh, doing your thing, man. It'd be great to see it again. Well, if you don't, I'm just going to stand outside the Colony Castle Hotel, even though you're not in there anymore. And I'm just going to chuck eggs at the windows. And when they come <laughs> out and go, what are you doing? I'll say it's the lads from What's the Story. <laughs> they promised they'd be there and they never yeah. showed up. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fair. It is fair. Yeah. And I think, fair. Uh, I, I, I think that the hotel will understand more importantly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know. They, they might try and catch the eggs in one of their ciabatta sandwiches, only six ninety five, <laughs> including a small Coke. Yeah, that, that's yeah. how your podcast used to sound at the start. I'm, I'm, you, you missed the Manscaped set. That, oh, did you have Manscaped? We as did, as yeah, as well? we did, yeah. And the, the Teddy, those reads are fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, uh, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying sitting in this comfy cube free chair right now coming so, to yeah. you from yeah. manscaped is that what they that's do that. pretty they much do man like yeah pretty much yeah, for your balls that's exactly it yeah we, we tried we tried to record the, the ad material and um, together and we honestly tried for about 40 minutes one night and we just kept getting the giggles like two teenage boys um, yeah. and danny had to just do it himself in the end uh, yeah yeah, which is not a euphemism. Um, but, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it's the, the the right tools for your family jewels is that tagline. Which, no uh, way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you a good one, though, lads. When I do Bingo Loco XXLs, one of my favorite things that I don't get anywhere else in any of my other performances, they have the guy that does that, like, X Factor voice doing yeah. the intro. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Please welcome to the stage. One of those. Lads, listen. 14 years of stand-up comedy just for that. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. You just walk out like Billy Big Bollocks and you're like, here I am. Ric Flair on top of your Christmas tree? No. Adam Burke walking into the tree arena to the guy off the X Factor doing the voice. You know, styling mm-hmm. and profiling. You think you're deadly. You think Absolutely. you're deadly until, until, deadly until your wife takes you down. A peg <laughs> after the gig and goes now you may park all of that 
at the ego side, there's 15 children to be minded. <laughs> yeah. On that note, we'll let you get back to those 15 children, man, because yeah. uh, they, they've been out long enough now, so bring them in from the cold. But uh, it's, been, it's been great catching up, man. Thanks so much. All the best with the gigs, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you at one of them soon enough. Sound, lads. Thanks so much, Adam. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Great to catch up with Adam again. Been a while. It has been a while. He looked great. He did. Big Ben Affleck heading him. Telling you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Look, it's good to see people in uh, the entertainment industry getting back out there and doing their thing after two years of being, you know, messed about one thing and the other. It's good to see things getting back to how they were and people getting to make a living again. So yeah, more power to them. And do check out Bingo Logo, lads. I'm telling you now, it's it's a night you won't forget. Uh, absolutely amazing. Right, that's it for this week. That has been fantastic. Graham, Merrigan, people want to listen to previous episodes of this podcast, they're going to do so. They can go to WTSPod.com or else they can go anywhere and everywhere you can get a podcast, such as Podcast Republic, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcast. All you have to do is search WTSPod and we will be there. He's at Danjo Murray on Twitter. I'm at Merrigan Mania. We're at WTSPod on Twitter. Until next time. Clear eyes full hearts and we cannot lose.